Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time for all things Braves. That ball's got a chance. That ball is gone. It's the Braves Preview Show with Andy Bunker, Caleb Johnson, and Joe Patrick, who will preview our 2021 Braves. The Braves Preview Show is on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Well, happy Sunday. Welcome in Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, the Braves Preview Show with you from now until 2 o'clock. Myself, Andy Bunker, alongside Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson from the Batter Up Podcast. Available on 92.9thegame.com and everywhere you get your podcasts every single week right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And less than a week till opening day, we find out a lot of interesting news yesterday about what the opening day roster is going to look like. And and over the next two hours, we're going to go big picture expectations, individual expectations, lineup construction, the, the rotation, the bullpen, all kinds of different deep dives. But, but I think we start with the news that we got yesterday, guys, is we know what the opening day roster is going to look like. We know that there's going to be 10 pitchers in the bullpen, four bats on the bench. Um, and we know who those names are as well. First and foremost, hi. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi, hi, Joe. Hi, Caleb. How are you? It is uh, wild. It's wild to be back on the air. I'm back. I'm, we're, me and Caleb here are in the studio here in Midtown Atlanta. It's, uh, it's what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm not doing sports flashes. I don't know if I can talk on air without it being scripted. <laughs> Try to only talk in 90-second chunks yeah. if you can help it. And if you can sprinkle in audio every 45 seconds, sure. that would be helpful as well. I will do my best. Uh, obviously a lot to talk about though. Yes, I am broadcasting from the comfort of uh, my own home. I'm close to sun or truest. I'm close to truest park. So maybe that makes sense, uh, as we're going to spend the next two hours talking Braves, but we'll start with you, Joe. Um, we get some interesting info yesterday about some of the guys that are going to be on the roster in Pablo Sandoval and a Ray Adrianza and Alex Jackson, and, uh, some news about some guys that aren't as well. What what surprised you yesterday when we learned uh, of the of the decisions by Brian Snicker? Yeah, just what everybody predicted, right? Ten <laughs> ten relievers on the starting on the opening day roster, right? Uh, you know, I th- I was surprised that that Johan Camargo did end up getting optioned yesterday. I thought that he was a guy who, I mean, obviously he's not performed to the level that he did and when he kind of broke out in 2018, but I still figured that he was relatively safe for this opening day roster based on the fact that he's got, you know, he can play multiple positions. He's just familiar with this group that's been together for a few years now uh, in this Braves organization. I just felt like he was a nice, he was a piece, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of pleased that he, that he's not because it shows that this team really is being constructed based on merit and not based on some of these other factors. So, um, and I'm sure that we'll see Johan Camargo at some point uh, if, if he's not dealt or anything like that, but that was probably the one that surprised me the most. I think just overall, it was just the general construction of this opening day roster mm-hmm. is what really kind of 
caught me off guard to an extent. What, what about you, Caleb? Was, is there any sort of theory as to why the decisions were made the way that they were made? I understand Joe's talking about merit, which which is, you know, the most important thing. I mean, you want guys to make the team based on performing well in spring. I would argue that not all of the decisions yesterday were based on merit, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, is there sort of a a unifying thread or a, a philosophical um, marker here that you can see that, that Snit was making with the decisions that he made yesterday? It didn't seem like these decisions weren't based on history over time. It, it's... I guess as much as, you know, what we saw this spring, it was that, hey, we, we need some guys with some pop as far as when it comes to the bats. And then some strategic decisions when it comes to, like, letting – or not letting go, but sending down Contreras, mm -hmm. having Jackson back there. I think I'd really talked myself into having Contreras on this team mm -hmm. just based on the fact that, that uh, Gwinnett's not going to get started until May. But it seems like it's worth – for the Braves, it's worth them having Contreras getting everyday bats at the training site rather than sitting on the bench like Alex Jackson will to start the season. Yeah, that, that was the one that kind of stood out to me yesterday as, okay, like I, I understand the decision that was made in the big picture in that William Contreras will be at the alternate site for the next month. And then when AAA season gets underway, he'll be with the Gwinnett Stripers and he'll be playing every single day. And he'll be able to get the at-bats that he otherwise wouldn't be able to get if he was on the roster backing up uh, Travis Darnot. I mean, the other thing that we, we saw, I think we probably already knew this, but it was just like doubled down on yesterday. Is Travis Darno is going to play a lot of catcher this year. Like he he's going to play 130 games this year because does that not scare anybody else? Because it, it, it terrifies me. It scares me. me. Oh, go for it. <laughs> well, go for it. I, so well, I, I, let me start. I just think that William Contreras is definitely going to be used quite a bit at the major league level. I think that okay. we should get used to seeing him. I just don't think that uh, you know Travis Darno or any catcher really can just go through a, a season, especially playing in Atlanta where these summers are are pretty brutal. Um, catcher is already a very brutal position to play just on the body. And Travis Darno is a guy who's had a, his fair share of injuries in the past. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Braves were able to snag him on a relatively cheap deal to bring him to Atlanta was because he'd had some injuries that were affecting him. So I think it's important to actually give him rest and make sure that he is kind of sharp and on top of his game because otherwise you're not getting the Travis Darno that we are have been used to seeing like last year. Um, and so I think for that reason, it's kind of nice that the Braves have a few options they can go to if they need to give him rest. You know, you can always find a groin or a back injury at some point during the season to set him down for 15 games or so and let Contreras and, and Jackson kind of handle duties like they did to start the season last year. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of funny that the Braves had Travis Darno and Tyler Flowers last year, but yet, yet to start the season, it was uh, it was Alex Jackson and William Contreras, and they did okay. Uh, I think both of them are are, you know, league average you're not missing a ton with those guys in the lineup well it feels like Contreras could be more than that yes right like it feels and he's on what he had like 180 at bats in double a a couple years ago so it's hard to say that you can make the jump from that being your most experienced season to then being on the big league roster without really having a ton of triple a and look I mean everybody who wasn't on the big league roster last year just had a weird year where they, they kind of had a a, a a gap in their development because of what it was. There was no minor league season. I know there was the alternate site and all that, but it's just not the same. So 
I understand the idea of wanting to get him the development as much as possible, and hopefully he can grow into being that guy because it seems like that's how they see him. Like, mm-hmm. or at least that—that's what Snit said yesterday. Was he's he's too good not to be playing every day, which is funny because then you sort of—he didn't say this, but you apply that to Alex Jackson. It's like he's good at he's bad enough to not be playing every day. <laughs> it's fine if he sits on the bench a little while. Oh, I think it's better if he sits on the bench a lot <laughs> you know what i mean like alex jackson bat is is like a you know he's a, a very very serviceable backup yeah defensively he's solid at the plate i mean anything he gives you is a bonus i feel like i kind of chuckled the other day when snit was talking about alex jackson he said yeah well his slash line ain't any good but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what is no okay uh- yeah, I mean, Alex Jackson is a good def- defensive catcher, to, yes. to, to be fair to him. And he's yes. got power. It's just he can't, you know, it's, it's a matter of putting the bat on the ball. So I, I'm definitely higher on William Contreras long-term going forward, and even right now. Uh, and I do think that in general, talking about this situation, obviously this whole minor league uh, delay, you know, the minor league season's being delayed. I really feel like that has thrown a big wrinkle into how the Braves kind of went about constructing this roster because it does change things. It changes things for a guy like a, 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 a your third catcher. It changes things for a guy like Mike Soroka, who mm-hmm. won't have live games to pitch in while he's trying to recover from his Achilles injury. So I think it does have some impact, and it will be interesting to kind of see um, what they do here because I feel like they've set the opening day roster, but I feel like this team is not done making moves both before the season starts and I think early in the season. I think that this roster is really primed to be manipulated a little bit to get the pieces fitting a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit nicer. In the yeah, overall I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not May 15th by mm-hmm. the time it's it's really like, okay, this is the this is the group that you can kind of count on going for barring injuries or any unforeseen stuff that happens during seasons. But like with the Soroka injury, like you're talking about with the minor league season starting late with some of the decisions that they had to make with the bench guys. Cause Caleb, I mean, I, I understand the, the value of keeping guys on your roster on opening day and rewarding them for how they played in the spring. But, you talk about the bench that the Braves are going to be rolling into opening day with. And again, not, not to say that things can't change over the first month or two of the season, not a lot of power. I mean, when, when you combine, uh, combine Adrianza Sandoval, Ender and Ciarte and Alex Jackson, they had two home runs last year, but between the four of them <laughs> in like 350 at bats. Um, that's a bench that last year had Adam Duvall on it, who was third in the national league in home runs. So I mean, right there, that, that fall off is, is obvious. But just the idea of Pablo Sandoval being one of your four bench players is is unique to me in and of itself. What what was your take on him making the opening day roster? Well, I was just about to say, I mean, it's one of those, doesn't that show you just how poorly Jake Lamb and Jason Kipnis were? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's one of those, if you want, what, 34-year-old Pablo Sandoval on your roster who was brought in, like his glory days were his pop, you know, the, the fact... That, that he was hitting long balls, and and that's really just not a factor now. However, Jake Lamb was one of your big free agent signings that you brought in from the Diamondbacks, thinking he was going to give you pop. That didn't happen. And then Jason Kipnis didn't do any better. And so the one strange thing is now you don't you don't have that older leadership. Guy. You don't have a Charlie Culberson, a Nick Markakis on this team, which surprised me. I just knew... That Snit was going to, you know, no, nah, we, we need that kind of voice in the locker room. And instead, it seemed like they went towards, hey, Sandoval, you know, maybe didn't have 
crazy power in the spring, but he was at least consistent. And Adrianza, of course, uh, we got to see what he did this spring. And so they earned their spots. And there won't be that that leadership, that older guy in the locker room to to give you those, you know, typical quotes every every other game. <laughs> can, can I just can I just say I'm excited to look at Pablo Sandoval like he's our Bartolo Colon. You know, like just like good for him. Good for him that he's, he's still in around. better shape. It, it's fun. It's fun to watch a guy like Pablo Sandoval. Do you know what you're gonna get from him? Not necessarily. Is he gonna be good? Who knows? But he's going to be fun to watch because he's just funny. Look, yeah, bro- yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, Brian Snicker the other day said that he would feel comfortable with Pablo Sandoval playing any infield position, which uh, that's comforting, right? <laughs> yeah. Again, like it, it, it's fun, sure, and I, I like where you're going with that, Joe. But like, <laughs> you might have to use that dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, we're, we're joking around talking about a guy who's a mascot. Like, you might have to actually use. I mean, he played in the NLCS last year. I know oh, he yeah. was as a pinch hitter and didn't play a lot, but we're talking about a four man bench because of how many pitchers you're keeping. And I understand at least partially why they're doing that because of the injury to Soroka and the fact that they're going to go bullpen game, the sixth game of the season, which we'll talk about throughout the show. But I, I, it feels like one of those Alex Anthopoulos end of spring training opening day moves, maybe on the horizon, like, They've done this the last couple of years, right? Where a Matt Joyce is added to the team or someone like that. And you end up getting actual production out of that player throughout the season because as, as much as I understand that these guys were rewarded for playing really well in, in spring. And that's not even talking about Ender, who didn't play well in spring and can't really play well anymore. And, and he, he missed some time in spring, too. Ender is yeah, on the roster because he makes $9 million. Yeah. That, that's why he's on the team. So... Yeah, like it, it, it isn't – you have a you have a great one through eight. You do. You have a great one through eight. You have a really good pitching rotation, and you have a, what looks like a really deep and talented bullpen. So I guess fretting about the opening day bench probably isn't that big of a deal. But at some point it feels like it will be that big of a deal because it's 162 games this year. Um, we know that people get banged up. We understand how it works in long seasons. And the bench is just, it's, it's not good. Like the bench is not yeah. very good right now. Uh, I mean, I think it is something to kind of worry about if it stays this way, especially because, again, we talked about this on Andy and Randy, uh, Andy, that you'll know about. But, you know, like this is going to be a there. different year where there is no DH and uh, and this bench is going to be relied on a lot more. You're going to need pinch hitters in the sixth, seventh, eighth innings. You know, um, you're going to need to go to those guys and you certainly want guys there that you are confident in can put the bat on the ball, you know, and, and actually produce. So I think you're right, Andy. I don't think it's anything to kind of just like scoff at, but I do think that, you know, there is time. And I know some fans are upset. Like, how can you go into opening day and consider yourself a championship contender with this roster? Well, you know, a lot of teams win the world series that aren't the favorites going into it on opening day. In fact, how many times have we seen the wild card just kind of sneak into the playoffs and then, go on a run but I do think that if you want to have a lot of confidence in this team winning the division you do need to strengthen up this bench look guys we're overlooking something very important when it comes to Pablo Sandoval he's back in number 48 Ian ah. Anderson Ian Anderson has moved right. to number 36 oh, right. Pablo Sandoval has been able to take his old number 48 so we can expect those San Francisco Giants days ahead maybe that's why he won the uh, spring training br- spring training batting title yeah exactly it could very well be because Melanson was 36 last year right 
Mm-hmm. So Kyle Wright could get that number because he's gone. And now Sandoval can have his number. I think what we're actually, and I don't think we're really overlooking <laughs> it. I, I think we're, we're just spending some time to start the show on the news that happened yesterday. I think the reason that you can dig into bench depth and, and things like this when we're previewing a season is because there just isn't a lot of competition or, yeah. or, or, or really discussion on what's happening one through eight. And that's good. That's because you're, you're leading off with Ronald Acuna, who's one of the best players in baseball. And your third hitter is Freddie Freeman, who won the MVP last year. And you re-signed Marcelo Zuna, who led the National League in home. You know what I mean? Like that, That's why mm-hmm. we can debate Pablo Sandoval's number and all that kind of stuff, is because the actual lineup, like the actual guys that are going to be playing to start the year, are super good. And that's why I think this team should consider themselves a championship contender. Um, And I know that we're going to get into those big picture expectations as the show goes on. You're listening to the Braves preview show here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Andy Bunker, Joe Patrick, and Caleb Johnson with you until 2 o'clock this afternoon. We'll come back and get into some of that big picture stuff. We wanted to definitely start the show with yesterday's news and the guys who are going to be on the opening day roster. Well, what to expect from the entire roster? What to expect from the season? We'll be right back on the Braves preview show. Don't go anywhere. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Things Braves. It's the Braves preview show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to the Braves preview show here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Andy Bunker alongside Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson hanging out until 2 o'clock this afternoon when we've got more March Madness coming your way right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. More Sweet 16 action this afternoon. We started with yesterday's news and we'll get more into kind of the the nuts and bolts of the roster and how certain things may potentially change and evolve over the first month of the season. But I mean, we're doing a preview show. I think you got to just talk big picture, right? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys may very well feel differently than this. I don't know. But I mean, we had, uh, we had Paul bird on the show last week and, and he, he pretty well echoed my sentiments. This could be one of the most exciting baseball teams to watch, not only in the league, but that we've watched in a good long time. I expect these guys to be really, really good. I I understand there's a lot we're going to talk about over the next couple of hours, and no team is perfect, to be sure. But this team has a chance to be just as good as they've been the last couple of years, if not better. Joe? Yeah, for sure. You know, it reminds me of something I was thinking when I was taking a shower this morning. As as I often take a shower and I think about the Braves, I was just thinking about this team and how... (laughs) It happens a lot? It it does. It happens all the time while I'm washing my legs, by the way. Um, It's important to wash your legs. I learned learned that lesson the hard way. (laughs) It definitely is. You know, it's interesting. I think that this Braves team is set up at an advantage. I know a lot of people are worried about the Mets. Obviously, the Mets have made big moves. They've got this new owner. They've been splashing the cash, bringing in Francisco Lindor, these these top quality players. But I really think where the Braves' advantage lies in this division race is the fact that this group has been together now for three years, like a a very solid core where you have a, a, a core of players that kind of runs the gamut of various qualities, whether it's Freddie Freeman and, and Ronald Acuna, who are kind of like MVP-level players. Uh, you've got Marcelo Zuna, Ozzy Albies, Danby Swanson, who are kind of like that all-star caliber. And you've even got the upcoming prospects, Christian Pache, um, Austin Riley, these types. And that's just in the starting lineup. 
I really like the continuity that this team has over the last few years, and that's what you get from having guys develop in your own system. Now, there are some drawbacks to that as well. This team has not made many moves, and now they're running into some technical issues with options and things like that. But I love the continuity that this team has, and that's why I have confidence that you know they're not going to they're not going to do something that I'm not expecting this year. Caleb, I was just going to say, Joe, thanks for taking a rundown the. Uh... <laughs> the roster there just you know just pinpointing every guy yeah, just name all of them and yeah then leave yeah. nothing for caleb to talk about. no no it's fine it's 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 very snit-esque of you mm-hmm. oh, it's good it's, mm-hmm. this guy's great oh great stuff from mm-hmm. this guy good stuff from this guy look i i am excited i do i'm going to be the eeyore of the group i'm going to be the cautious guy of the group who i've i've been a braves fan for a long time and watched so many seasons where you go in super excited and and I think there is reason to be cautious of like, sure, this looks like a talented team. I don't know where this thing is going to finish, but it's going to be fun along the way, as was last year's shortened season where you had guys who, you know, Mike Soroka was up there competing for a Cy Young until an injury. You know, Freddie Freeman wins MVP. Marcelo Zuna was great until we got to the playoffs. However, along the way, it was really fun. And I, and I think those are the kind of expectations you can take away instead of going into this is going to be the greatest brave season because that starts getting into best shape of his life territory for players. <laughs> yeah. And just let's let's enjoy this thing. And, and maybe as the guy who's going to be a little bit negative when I look at the postseason, just enjoy it while while it happens. Well, I, I got to say, it's very interesting and difficult I think to try to project this season based on what we saw last year because obviously for obvious reasons uh, it's it's not the same as you normally would when you're projecting from one season to another last year when you look at this Braves team and how they won it was wild they were using a million different starting pitchers they were trading for starting pitchers and using them on the same day and then cutting them a week later Yoli Chassin pitched for for this team (laughs) like there are they, like last year was just a wild year. Andy, you said, you know, Adam Duvall was third in the NL in home runs uh, as a bench player. Um, you know, so there are lots of things that you can't really account for coming into this season. But I just do think in general, uh, I am just so looking forward to everything that this season's going to bring. Uh, honestly, just looking past how much success they might have. I just think with with fans coming back into the stadium, you've got I think if you're the Braves, you're so fortunate to have a star player like Ronald Acuna Jr. Like not many teams in baseball have that kind of player. That's not just, we talk about marketability and that kind of thing, but he's just an entertaining guy to watch play baseball when you're in the stadium. I don't care about, you know, market, you know, uh, ads or any anything sure. like that. I'm just talking sure. about, it's so fun to go to the ballpark and just watch these players play. And that's what I'm looking forward to this season, maybe more than anything. Yeah, I mean, and I think the, the continuity argument for the for the lineup is definitely one that leads towards optimism. I think Joe, you and I have talked about this and I'm I'm sure you guys have talked about this in the podcast as well is with some of the young star power that you have, it's reasonable just to look at them and say, "Yeah, his his progression is is just up." Like Ronald Acuña has been really really good. He's been incredibly fun to watch. He's 23. It's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Like over the next couple of years, you're going to see him continue to ascend as one of those players in baseball. Injuries have had a, a bit to do with it. Like when, when Ronald Acuna is healthy, he's a 40-40 guy. And, and he's ridiculous when he was 21 years old. When he's banged up, last year he batted 250. Um, Ozzy Albies is the same thing. Came back after the injury last year, went healthy, and really tore the cover off the ball early in the season when he was hurt. 
you know, he was he was impacted by it. But he's young too. There's yeah. a lot of young talent on this roster that's easy to look at and say, yeah, like if they just take that logical next, okay, he was 23, now he's 24. He was 22, now he's 23. Progression that you've seen players in baseball history make, then it's it's reasonable to say that even these guys that have already been here could be better. I'm interested, Caleb, in in some of the uh, some of the the cautionary stuff. Like w- when when you are thinking of okay, yeah, this team is really talented, and I do think that they can be really good. But maybe pump the brakes because of this, or maybe consider this before you go all in over here. What are some of those things that when we're talking about expectations m- maybe lead you to be a little bit more cautious? Well, for one, is lovely Major League Baseball decided, hey, we're not going to be a fun league. We're going to be difficult. <laughs> we're not going to have the designated hitter in the National League. Nah, let's go back to having pitchers hit. So now the Braves have got to change around how they were how they were running their lineup from a year ago where, yeah, Marcelo Zuna could sit on the bench and warm up and take whatever practice wings he wanted and then walk up there and hit home runs. And now he's going to be in the field. And so there's going to be a little bit more fatigue from him when he's coming into the batter's box. I think that is going to be an issue. Just the fact that you're going to have to work around the nine hole, which is you know where we assume the pitcher will be, whether you want to move him around eight or nine, it doesn't really matter. But you're going to have to work around that now. You, you're coming into a year where you signed Jake Lamb in the offseason to potentially see, hey, is he going to unseat Austin Riley at third base? I don't know. It didn't happen, but it sure it certainly shouldn't make you feel comfortable about third base as a position. And then you look over to Austin Riley's, I guess his left, over at Dansby Swanson. And Dansby was a guy who was potentially in trade talks in the offseason if they could have gone after a guy like Francisco Lindor because Dansby's like, well, I mean, he's consistent and he's a homegrown guy, but it's just—it's kind of like, meh, you know, there's something there. And so now you look at the end of the lineup and you go, well, mm-hmm. there, there's some reasons to be concerned. The obvious bummer of the DH being back, of course, is just obviously having the pitcher hit in general and just having to work around that, especially deep in games. But I also think what, the D, what not having the DH is robbing us of is not being able to see Ronald Acuna Jr. bat first, Freddie yep. Freeman bat second, yep. and, and Marcelo Zuna bat third, which is a just killer one, two, three way to have to start a game if you're an, oppo- an opposing pitcher. Um, I, and I, I still wonder if the Braves might go to that configuration with the pitcher batting eighth and potentially Christian Pache batting ninth because Christian Pache is a guy who can, you know, he's not a great hitter at this point in his career, but he still seems to be, um, you know, having good plate appearances. He can draw walks. He can work late long counts. And if you have Ronald Cooney behind you, maybe that helps you a lot. So, uh, but I, but that's the one thing I'm really, you know, if we're talking about bummers and things like that, I really wish we would see uh, that kind of that one, two, three off the top. And then I would also say just in terms of potential pitfalls for this team, We've talked about it a little bit just in terms of how top heavy this lineup is, but just injuries, you know, like the, the team does not have the depth down down the roster to sustain an injury, a long term injury to a guy like a, even a Dansby Swanson. I think you have a here Adrianza, but I don't know how how confident you are that he would be able to do a job in in a long term situation. And I think that if you lose any of these guys who are in this in this starting lineup for a considerable amount of time, that's going to put this team in a big hole. And so I just wonder, and, you know, there are guys like 
uh, Austin Riley, who's a big guy who's dealt with injuries, you know, and they're going to have to battle a long season. That's another thing that this team has talked about where, you know, you're coming off of playing 60 games last year. I guarantee you this coming season is going to feel like the longest season they've played in their yeah. lives. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's right. And, and Austin Riley and, and some of the other names that were just listed, Dansby Swanson, we'll get to, I think, a little bit more deeply in about 10 minutes when we get to our Braves Wall Street segment, whose stock rising and whose stock is falling. Um, but just from a, from a big picture sort of roster conversation like you guys are talking about, I, I'm with you. I, I understand the concern of that back end of that lineup and what Christian Pache is going to be able to give you, I think is really vital, especially in a year where you're not going to have a, a DH where you know, that in the whether it's the ninth spot or the eighth spot, you're having someone who goes up to bat three times a game, who's going to bat like 150. Like you're just going to have a spot in your lineup. That's a hole. I mean, and that's the reality for every team in the national league. We know that. It was great last year when you didn't have to deal with that, <laughs> but this year you do, and then it seems like next year we'll be back to universal DH, which is baseball in in a nutshell. But that's you know that's neither here nor there. Um, I think Christian Pache's ability to get on base, getting on base, yep. is going to be really, really, really important. And that that seems simplistic, but I just mean in terms of if he's batting at the end of the lineup, and you've got Pache who's struggling and a pitcher who's struggling. That's a that's a tough spot, man. You didn't have a weakness in your lineup like that last year, really ever. Mm-hmm. Now you might have two spots back to back that look like that, and then the trickle down effect that it has on how you can to Austin Riley if he's batting seventh, or what happens when Ronald Acuna comes up later in games and there's two outs and nobody on and all that. It, it has an impact in a lot of different ways, and you know his his ability to very quickly be able to prove that he's a big league hitter in terms of being able to get on base is going to be vital. The, the flip side of that, like you just you mentioned earlier, um, Joe and Caleb, is the fact that Marcelo Zuna is going to have to play left field a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not great. Like, that's not, you know, that's not, <laughs> he's not the best left fielder in the world. That's being really kind. He makes up for it. <laughs> Most days in the batter's box. But I also think, you know, we're going to very quickly see what a guy who in a contract year in a 60 game season who didn't have to play defense ever was able to do at the plate versus a guy who's no longer in a contract season, who's now playing 162 games, who does have to play left field every day. Looks like mm-hmm. I think it's reasonable to think that that guy might look a little bit different. And it's <laughs> not know? even like I think the one aspect of it is the fact that he's particularly never been a great outfielder and so you're like well oh you're gonna you know lose a little bit out there in left field it's it's also just endurance and the fact that sure. during 2020 like he could sit in the in the club you know in on the bench mm-hmm. and and get in some seeds yeah pop yeah. some seeds in you know spin them around talk no to seeds, guys no seeds Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Seeds were banned. Seeds yeah. were banned. Well, sure. Okay. Your, your, yeah, point, yeah. your point the metaphorical remains. seeds. I was about yeah. to say, you tell me what I saw with my own eyes. But <laughs> no, but just the fact that he could sit around and, and swish some water and, and hang out, and now there's going to be that endurance has got to be built up for a guy who is a little on the heavier side. And that, yeah, know, he's a big guy. Sure. I mean, he's a big power guy. Big yeah. fella. So yeah. it's going to be, yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, these are things to consider. Last year was different than this year is for a lot of different reasons. The DH, the length of season, the uh, the contract year for him. It, it, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what Marcelo Zuna looks like this year versus last year. I'm still optimistic about it, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. We'll get back into some other individuals coming up next as well in our Braves Wall Street segment.
Whose stock is on the rise? Who's the GameStop of the Braves? Whose stock is falling? I thought I'd get a chuckle from you guys on that one. All right, we'll come back and get into our Braves Wall Street segment on the Braves preview show here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Now back to more of our Braves preview show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. You're listening to the Braves preview show here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Andy Bunker, Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson with you until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, Coming up in about 20 minutes to kick off the 1 o'clock hour, we'll get back into a little bit of what we learned yesterday, some of the final roster decisions from the Braves, Um, and then maybe a a, a lasting competition or two if there's any competition uh, still yet to be seen. I know there might be a little bit as far as the pitching goes, maybe in the bullpen and all that, but we'll get to to some of what we learned yesterday coming up top of the 1 o'clock hour as we continue to preview. A preview of the 2021 Braves season, which is four days away, guys. <laughs> Opening day is on, is on Thursday afternoon against the Phillies, which is fantastic. We also found out that Max Fried is going to be the opening day starter midway last week, which was probably the biggest obvious headline that we were going to get throughout spring, but nonetheless, good for him. We'll get to that in the 1 o'clock hour as well. Now it's time to play Braves Wall Street and find out which of these guys' stock is on the rise and which of their stock is falling. And we'll start with you on this one, Caleb. Uh, and we'll start with Austin Riley because, you know, I, I, I feel, and, and we've spent quite a bit of time this spring talking about an important year this is for him in his development, in his young career. Where do you feel like Austin Riley's stock is right now? It's not plummeting, but it's certainly on the downfall just because hmm. – I think it's it's a situation where I don't know that I can depend on Austin Riley. Like he he was a couple summers ago or, or a couple springs ago, I should say, we were having this exciting moment of of you know, oh, look at Austin Riley, Johan Camargo, who's going to win this job? Who's going to come out? And then it was almost like Austin Riley won it because he wasn't as bad as as <laughs> Johan Camargo. It was never a oh, Austin Riley took hold of the job and it's a situation where I think he's he's a a fine defender and very inconsistent at the plate and so I I have no choice but to say at least personally that I feel that his his stock is on the downfall in that there was plenty of times last year when there were trade talks amongst the Braves Mm -hmm. and I was thinking hey maybe Riley will be a part of that Mm -hmm. you know and and I think last year I was thinking, well, maybe we can, we won't lose that much if Austin Riley gets traded and we get another pitcher, you know, another starter at that point. And then it, it didn't happen. And so it's like, ah, it's, it's fine. Joe? To me, Austin Riley is your classic, uh, you know, IPO comes out, hot stock, everyone's buying, it, it shoots way up, and then it has the, it has the big pitfall. And I, but I see him now at this point kind of, on 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 a slight rise on the rise you know brian snicker talked about him the other day and uh, if we could play that sound from him uh, he just really had a good good discussion about his development snit talking about austin riley you mean yeah i think we're gonna pull it up here in just a second uh, you know a year more under his belt he he you know he defended himself really well last year and he should continue to, to get better you know he should continue to figure things out and to be more have more confidence in himself and and, um, uh, you know, we really, a year ago when it was shut down, we loved where he was and, and, um, oh, and, you know, coming into the summer camp, 
it was I was happy with you know really his year. Um, he, he's again he's not the finished product yet. There's still like you know he's gonna with the added experience and confidence and approach and the whole thing he should continue to improve. And and that's kind of where I see him right now. I see him as still developing, still getting better. And he dealt with a quad injury last year that he he admitted this spring really kind of held him back. I think he can hit 30 homers. You know, he's projected on fan graphs to hit 26 homers this year. I will take the over on that. I think he's going to be one of – he's like one of my guys who's going to be the one of the bigger uh, over performers based on projections. Yeah, and I hope that you're right. Um, I, I kind of approach Austin Riley cautiously this year. I, I guess if I'm talking about his, his stock rising or falling, I kind of feel like it's flat right now because you're right, Joe. He hit the, he hit the market – and was just unbelievable. I mean, it was so much fun what Austin Riley did that first month or so that he was up in the big leagues. Almost unfathomable what he was able to do from a power mm-hmm. standpoint. He carried the um, team. He carried he the team when well, he came up. He did. And and the offense, I mean, you got to remember what all was going on with that offense at that point in that season. There was a lot of other guys that were hitting the ball well also. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, they were the best offense in baseball for like three weeks because Austin Riley was batting like eighth and hitting a home run every two days. It was unbelievable. Um, it hadn't been like that since then. And, and this happens to young guys. I think sometimes we get a little bit spoiled because of the young talent that this team, that this organization has brought to the big leagues over the last few years that hasn't really had those struggles. Like Ronald Acuna has just come up and pretty consistently been Ronald Acuna. I know there's been dips, but not like we're talking about with Austin Riley. Right. Uh, with a lot of the pitchers as well. Like these guys just come up, Soroka comes up and he's Soroka. Okay. Now there's a lot of other pitchers that have been back and forth and back and forth from the minors to, to the big league club um, over the last couple of years as well. But for me, Austin Riley this year, I, I just kind of need to see it. it. It feels like it's, it's, it's a really big year for him in terms of proving to not just us, but to himself and to the Braves, that he can be an everyday player and you're not going to have those prolonged stretches of slump because that's what's gotten him in the past. When, he, when he's been good, he's been good. I mean, he hit eight home runs last year in 51 games. That's pretty solid. Um, but he had those moments where you just couldn't trust him at the plate. Right. I mean, he was going up there and you could pencil it in as an out. Uh, obviously, you know, a lot of that has to do with strikeout rate. A lot of that has to do with chasing balls out of the zone that he's getting better at um as as he's getting older but this is a really big year for him and and i'm with you caleb last year there was a lot of those conversations about if the braves are making a trade would he be a part of it that needs to not be the case by the middle of the season like he needs to not be involved in it really like he needs to he needs to play his his name out of those conversations and i think he can do that this year um but i I think to me that's a big part of what his what success would mean for austin riley this year see i guess the issue that I have with him is what I saw out of that 2019 year where he jumped off the first three weeks and looked so hot. Wasn't that just the classic example of no one had tape on him? Yeah. And so, so everyone figures out, oh, okay, what's his struggle? Oh, off-speed outside, you're going to swing at it every time? Cool, then I'll put it there. I, I think where my optimism comes from, and I know we got to move on to other players, but where my optimism comes from is that if you look at the numbers, he actually is, the walk rates are getting better. He is it, doing it a is. better job at improving those weaknesses. So I think that that improvement is just going to continue, and I do think that hopefully we see the reflection of that in the, kind of the more top-line numbers. My biggest uh, fear with, with Riley, as I mentioned earlier, is, is him just staying healthy over the course of the season. But uh, hopefully he, he can be that guy that we all thought he could be. Speaking of staying healthy and how it impacts a player's stock rising or falling, 
Dansby Swanson is the second name on the list. He's going to be the starting shortstop. He has been the starting shortstop for a number of years now. And when healthy, over the last couple of years, Dansby Swanson has looked really good. And then he's been banged up at other times and has either been off the field or inconsistent. We'll start with you on this one, Joe. Where do you fall on Dansby Swanson? Is his stock rising or falling? Again, before I kind of give a, I want to throw it back to Snit. He was talking about Swanson just a couple of days ago. Oh, no, Dansby, yeah, he, he's kind of just, you know, having good at-bats, really good, solid overall at-bats, you know, with a good approach and and not trying to do too much. And, and um, uh, it, it's just been really good professional at-bats out of him pretty much all spring. You know, something that we haven't talked about so far in this show that was one of the bigger storylines heading into the spring training for the Braves was not necessarily down to the roster, but it was Chipper Jones coming on as as an official, you know, coach on this team, a hitting coach. And he has it's been documented that he and Dansby have a really good working connection together. And he was one of the the guys who really helped Dansby turn things around a couple of years ago in 2019. I think it was had to do with his hand placement um, and, and maybe shortening down his stride a little bit that really helped him develop that opposite field power because one of the things that Dansby frustratingly did over and over again when he was uh, still struggling earlier in his career was just rolling over everything uh, to that third base side and now he's really showing that power the opposite way um, again uh, I just can see him continuing to, to make that rise he's a guy that obviously struggled coming out of the gate in his career but I see only good things for him his thing is he's just got to stay healthy he, he keeps on having a calf injury or something like that during the season. But if he can stay healthy, and by the way, he also gives you, I think, underrated defense at shortstop. He's very just consistent out there, uh, nothing to worry about. So, uh, I, again, I know I feel like I'm repeating myself with him and Riley, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be a borderline all-star type of player. Caleb? You guys talk about health. I mean, he played 60 games. Like, he played he last every year he was game healthy. last year. Yeah. I, I think that was the thing is before you had the calf, you had the wrist. There were issues coming up with him as to as to why you weren't getting that production out of him that I don't think is a concern now. I think there is a ceiling on Dansby Swanson where he's he's not the savior that he was brought in that he was traded for. Correct. Yep. He was brought into he's the hometown kid. He's the you you talk about Chipper Jones. He's the Chipper Joe, the guy who's going to play here for 19 years. Number one to, draft pick, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, all of the hype around him. He you know he's going to be exciting to watch, and you didn't get that out of Dansby Swanson. However, he is serviceable. He is a guy that that you can count on to whether he's what in that in that six or seven spot in the lineup that can give you consistent production and is by Fangraphs slated to give you 20 home runs. Which sure, you know, it's one of those. I'll take that. I, I, I think you get more than twenty home runs. By the way, I would take the over on that one as well. Okay, it's maybe possible. I just think with Dansby, it's just uh, cool. You you talk about being flat on a stock. It's not rising or falling. It's just right about where you expect it to be. He's consistent. Yeah. He's Procter and Gamble. He's just uh, you know. <laughs> You're going to make money. You're going to make money on the stock. You're not going to be rich, but you're going to make money on it. Uh, I, I think a big part of it is reevaluating the expectation, Caleb. And I know that that's been hard for people over the, oh, couple, absolutely. Over the last couple of years uh, because of, yeah, because of all of the hype and, and hometown and, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not scared to say it. Good looks. He was on billboards. Sure. Like there, there yep. was, there's a lot of stuff that plays into Dansby Swanson. He's dating a U.S. women's soccer national team player. Like mm -hmm. that, yeah. th there's yeah. some. There's, 
some prestige that comes with that. The flow. I mean, it's all it's all there. Like Dansby's got the superstar <laughs> qualities. Um, I would say my stock is rising on him a little bit, though, because we did finally see him play. And it was an abbreviated season, but he played all the games last year. He played. He started all sixty games last year. He led the team in at bats last year, or at least he what two hundred and thirty seven at bats last year. Uh, in terms of a short season, is more than you would have seen if he projected it out for the other seasons that he's played in. And he batted two seventy five. Man, he was on base uh, at a at a three forty five on base percentage. And if you hit ten home runs in sixty games, I know it's not uh, an easy. It's not always going to translate, but that's pretty reasonable to think that he could be over 20 this year mm-hmm. I mean, that would that would project at like 25 or so in a in a full season if he was to play all 162 games which again is is going to be tough and that that's a big thing for him is staying healthy and staying on the field if, if I, I, I feel like we've gotten to the point with him or, or we're very close to it, and maybe this is the year where we do where you you kind of know what to expect from him and what to expect from him is is good like yeah above average defense 25-ish home runs. If he's batting 6th or 7th, sign me up for that all day. Let me add one more thing that I don't feel like it's talked about enough with Dansby Swanson, and maybe this is just, you know, this it's not going to show up in any statistics or anything, but the guy seems to be as clutch as the Braves have of a hitter on their run. Like, when he comes up and the game is on the line, I am very confident. He's getting the power rate bath is what he's getting. That's right. Yeah, that's right. How many? Yeah, we say all the highlights have Dansby Swanson in the center of them. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and you're right, Joe. You can go back and look at the playoff numbers the last couple of years. Two years ago, when, when Freddie had the, the elbow injury and couldn't hit, I mean, Dansby and Acuna were the only ones that were hitting in the playoffs. And Dansby was good again last year, too. So, yeah, that's something to think about as well, assuming that this team will be in the playoffs, which I think we all think that they will be. What about Johan Camargo? I think this is going to be a little bit of a different conversation than the last two. <laughs> Johan Camargo, by the way, yesterday was optioned down to the uh, – the alternate site. He will start the season in AAA. We'll start with you on this one, Caleb. Where is the, the stock rising or, or falling for Johan Camargo? Is he a penny stock yet? <laughs> he might be. He might I, was be. Just, I was just thinking, I mean, I mean, I don't know that you could plummet from, from, a, from where he was looked at three years ago, I guess it is now. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a standpoint of, wow, I don't know that a guy could drop any lower to the point where he was – the, the best that Snit could say about him this spring was, hey, he can cover any position. We can put him at anywhere in the infield, even throw him in an emergency situation or a late-game situation out and left or right. And now it's just like, nah, he's better off in Gwinnett. I think, sure, we'll, we'll put him there just because um, there's not enough for me to get excited about. There was a company called Nikola that was supposed to be the Tesla competitor, and they were, like, <laughs> super hot, and now they've fallen into uh, disrepair with a bad CEO and everything. That is that is Johan Camargo. He's the guy who came on, every, and in 2018, I think people were thinking that, hey, we've got a guy here who could possibly, you know, be in this lineup long term, and he just never has. I think now we can, we can um, you know, that is the outlier. That, that 2018 season is the outlier, I feel like. We kind of know who Yohan Camargo is at this point. We'll come back and uh, do a couple more stock risers or fallers in the pitching staff. Uh, We'll also get back into the news of yesterday, what the opening day roster is going to look like. Uh, Hour one in the books. We've got an hour left on the Braves preview show. Thanks for being with us. We'll be right back on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 